previously on Observer Effect. Because of the history of the Erase technology and uh, certain other anomalies, it's an indication uh, that there's some incursion of natural forces. We have very good reason to believe so. I'm Dr. Campbell. I run the Array. I take it that uh, you're here to do your little inspection and then get out, is that correct? We don't want to be here any longer than you want us to be here, but we uh, obviously have our job to do. The reason we called you specifically, all of you, all of us experienced something. Boundless, bubbling, black chaos. It hungers. It, it gnaws and, and gibbers. It's the only thing in the universe, the only thing that's real. It is now 2057. As you guys are walking down the hallway, uh, Brad Clark, you're dragging the uh, Dr. Black when all of a sudden another pulse in your minds. It's not as strong as the previous one, um, so you're able to shake it off fairly easily. Uh, but you get it again, you just get this feeling of like converging within yourself and you're not quite sure how to make sense of it. You just feel this convergence of yourself with yourself. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop you from moving. Um, everyone that's around uh, outside Dr. Malikov is kind of, kind of stops for a moment and uh, just looking around. Uh, when all of a sudden Dr. Klinger it fades away, she's She's basically uh, just, you, you can't see it too well, what's happening, but you can kind of see her uh, being pulled from herself and then just disappears into nothingness. Kind of like two versions of her and then just disappears into nothingness. Oh my God. I look at the others around me. Did, did you see what happened? Uh, the guard says, no, what happened? Where did Dr. Klinger go? Exactly. She just dematerialized or something. What are you talking about? She was right here, and now she's gone. I'm not sure what, what you're talking about. She left. She went back inside to find the others, probably. Uh, you guys are in the hallway. You were... You can't really see that much, but you hear all of a sudden footsteps. Brad Clark, you hear footsteps walking right past you. Uh, who's there? I, what? It's happening. You recognize the voice. It's that woman that appeared in front of you earlier. It's, I don't, no. And then cut off. And you just hear, you see bright blue light, blue and white light for a split second. Well, that's odd. Uh, I'll keep on dragging Dr. Black out. You see this blue-white light, and then just no more footsteps, no more talking. 
uh, Lawrence Jameson and Dr. Campbell, you're almost to the door and you see, you hear some talking and you see this blue and white light. And as you look back, you notice that Brad Clark is standing kind of a little further down the hallway, dragging a body, what looks to be a body. <laughs> and Dr. Campbell says, what was that? She didn't seem to notice the body being dragged by Brad Clark. I'm, I'm not sure what that, that light was. Agent Clark, do you have a flashlight? Someone come help me to drag Dr. Black out. Uh, Dr. Campbell, can you assist him? <sighs> yes, yes. I'm coming. It's hard to see, but uh, what happened to him? There's someone here. It's Someone's been attacking Dr. Black. And she walks up to Brad Clark and helps kind of drag Dr. Black. Um, Is Ying Fei out of the out of the building at this point? Yeah, her yeah, her and the and um Katagawa are outside. Okay. Uh, so I'd make my way out and then I'm gonna go towards the atrium. Okay. Uh Dr. Malakoff, what are you doing? So do I see Dr. Katagawa and Ying Fei coming out of the building? They're coming through the door, yeah. Have you seen Dr. Klinger? I thought she was out here with you. Um says uh Campbell, as you, as her and Brad Clark are coming out, dragging Dr. Black's body. She just disappeared in, in front of my eyes. What are you talking about, disappeared in front of your eyes? Did she go back inside? Maybe she's looking for Kozak. I think this is all part of what you're doing here. This isn't right. I think she's part of it. Well, someone's doing some strange things in here, and it has nothing to do with our research. There is someone in the building attacking us. She looks at the security guard. Who else is in the building? Very sternly. And the security guard says, no one's come inside. We've got to make sure everyone is safe. We need to stay together. Uh, Brad Clark, are you staying with them? Or are you following Lawrence Jameson? Uh, I'll stay with them. And uh, are we outside? With, uh, you guys are all outside the uh, front of the building. Okay. So I'll uh, talk to the security guy and the other personnel that are there. That uh, Dr. Black's office had a fire i think it was a power surge or something like that i had to empty a fire extinguisher into the room to stop the fire from spreading and uh, dr black was hysterical so i had to take him <laughs> out <laughs> to uh, get him out to safety so i think you need to mend his uh, mend him a bit he may have a concussion. Uh, I, I am trained in first aid. I'll help him out. Okay, good. Let's all get outside far from the building just in case the fire spreads. Okay, so everybody else stay outside. I, I need to go back in to check that the fire doesn't spread. So uh, you all stay here and uh, I'll, I'll be right back. and I'll head back into the building without saying another word and not to not stopping if somebody tries to stop me Lawrence Jameson you're going around the back to the, towards the atrium as you're as you're getting closer <coughs> what is anyone there you just hear thud hitting the grass Jesus Christ. I move towards the thud. Uh, there's a body still warm, but dead. 
no pulse. Uh, what position is the body in? Um, face down. I flip the body over to see if I can identify who it is. Uh, with the with the little bit of moonlight that there is, you can kind of see a little bit, and it is uh, Kozak. He's dead. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, like check his pulse and stuff. Oh God. Uh, oh my God. I I would just run back to the security hut. The rest of you. So Brad Clark, you went back into the building. What are you doing? Uh, I'm heading in, into the uh, utilities closet to find something like if is there like uh, gas canisters or something like that, or and flashlight maybe. Yeah, there's some additional gas canisters for the um, jet generator. Yeah, for the generator. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for, and. Uh, when I find it, I'll uh, grab that and uh, I start that, uh, just dosing everything with uh, gasoline. Okay. In the and I, I'll head into the computer uh, the computer lab and start dosing it with the gasoline. So you're going throughout the entire building, just dousing everything. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Dr. Malakov. So Dr. Campbell's here and an IT engineer and a security guard. Yeah, uh, and you got two unconscious people, uh, which they're dragging. So here's the security hut. They're, the safety area is like by the parking. So everyone kind of moved there just in case there's any kind of fire or anything. They're away from the from the dangerous area. So let's get you away from where? Where's the safe area? It's just the parking lot by your van. So, so I help get the unconscious people there. Okay. You guys hear a motorized vehicle coming down this way and you see headlights. Uh, it's a little security cart and uh, the other security guard is uh, is kind of pulling in as you guys are moving to the safe area. And uh, he says, is everybody safe? No, not, not everyone. Have you seen the others? No, Kozak and the other invest in... Uh, Inspector are, are missing. I've contacted the power company. Um, they're they're looking into the power outage. They're not quite sure what the situation is, but um, they're they're working on it. They should have power up pretty soon. Everybody, just stay there. Uh, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be just driving around the grounds and make sure everybody's safe. He gets back into his little security vehicle and he starts driving it around. Agent Jameson, you notice as you're kind of walking back from the atrium, uh, you notice headlights of kind of like a little golf cart driving around. You notice someone walking with a flashlight. Um, Are you going to continue walking or are you going to stop to see what they do? Uh, I'll walk over to the the cart and address the person at the cart, which I'm assuming is the security guard that we met when we first got here. Okay. Uh, it's hard to see because you're looking right into the headlights, but you see this guy, uh, security, presumably walking with a flashlight in his hands. He's saying, hey, is everybody safe over here? I don't know how to tell you this, but somehow Dr. Kozak has had a, some sort of vomitous episode and... I don't think he's gonna make it. I think he's, I think he's dead. I went, I went over to, to the atrium to see if there was anyone there, and when I, when I was approaching the scene, I, I heard 
I heard noises like he was throwing up his entire insides, and it's still, I, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it to you. You're saying he's dead? And then, oh, you see the flashlight drop to the ground. Holy shit. So I'm going to go over to the body. You hear footsteps kind of running away from, from, uh, you hear footsteps on the grass running away from, from the location of the body. There's no body when I, when I arrive there though? There's a body. He's, it's the security guard from the front gate and he is dead. And now that you can see with, with the headlights, you can see it a little bit better. His neck is broken. Holy shit. I take the flashlight and I just use it to survey the area behind the car itself. Nothing. You don't see anybody. Jesus Christ. Fuck me. I will then take the flashlight and the cart and go back to the main area. All right. Uh, the rest of you guys are in the safe area by the van. Uh, you, basically, uh, Doctor Campbell is just really concerned because you've got two people unconscious, and she says, "If if only we can have some light here, uh, I can I can probably tend to to Doctor Black. I don't know if this will help Doctor Campbell, but maybe maybe it'll help a little bit." Doctor Campbell says, "It'll it'll have to do." I'm also trained at first aid, Dr. Campbell. That's fine. I can help. I can do it myself. Just point the light at him. So she's like trying to to make sure that uh, Dr. Black is breathing normally, and he is. And um, she's like trying to just lightly slap him to wake him up. He's just not waking. Um, and neither is Dr. Takagawa. Uh, so Yingfei's like, oh, no, what, what could happen to them? What have... Dr. Klinger, Klinger and Dr. Black asked you to do with either either way we have to try and stop this. Uh, so. Well, Dr. Dr. Klinger and uh, Dr. Black asked me to uh, to have Dee make a more uh, analysis of the sounds. I see. And is the array still functioning now? The power went out? Um, no. The power went out. The array stopped working. This is all very suspicious. Dr. Campbell's like, there must be some nefarious actors messing with the, with our research. That's the only explanation. Uh, at this point, Mr. Clark, are you uh, are you going to light the fire? Yes, uh, I I'll uh, light the fire and I I save some of the gas uh, in a canister and I light the fire from the computer lab and leave out the back door towards the atrium. All right. As you're going out there, you notice a little security car driving towards the parking area. Okay, so I'll uh, try to keep uh, so that the headlights don't catch me. All right. And, uh, yeah, you, you make your way to the atrium area, and right in front of the entrance to the main area for the atrium, you notice Evan Kozak. You, you almost stumble on the on the body that's on the ground. 
face down. Is he moving? He's not moving. Okay, I'll check the pulse. He's cold and there's no pulse. I'll leave him there and continue to the atrium to start and dose it to, with the rest of the gasoline. Dr. Malakoff, you guys notice the security cart coming back around. Only it's not this, as, you, as it's getting closer, it's not the security cart driving it. It's now Agent Jameson. I pull Malakoff aside. So when I went to the atrium, there was, I found Kozak dead on the ground. And as, as the security cart with the cart drove towards the atrium, I, I witnessed him also just fall to the ground and his neck was somehow just instantly broken somehow I, I, I don't I don't know how to explain it but we need to we need to get agent Clark and we need to raise this to the ground something very wrong is happening here uh, I, I agree uh, Clark went into the building I think he has the same idea I suggest you uh, you get the van going, and I dig into my pocket, and I give him the keys. You guys hear Dr. Campbell saying, We need lights on. W- what happened? Where's the other, where's the security guard? I've, um, I've got the keys, uh, and Inspector Jameson's going inside to, to find the others. Where's the other security guard? Mr. Jameson, you had his cart. Where is he? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to persuade her. He went into the atrium. Uh, what's your persuade score at? 60. Okay. It's fine. It's believable. She says, "Okay, well, let's get let's get the lights on, and Ying Fei will be right back. She went to go urinate or something." I'm gonna take the cart back to the atrium and and rendezvous with the with the security guard, and hopefully he has found Kozak, and we can get everyone to safety. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Mr. Clark, you're just about done pouring all the gasoline that you need to pour. Yeah, I'll uh, set the atrium into flames and stop making my way back to our rendezvous point at the next to the security hut where everybody else is. You guys notice uh, who are in the parking, all of a sudden the atrium, it, you see light coming from it. And then as you kind of squint a little, you notice that it's not just light, there's flames. Then the main building, a few short minutes later, flames. You're riding towards that direction, Mr. Jameson, and you you see a silhouette of a man running down around the side towards the parking area. Clark? Jameson, is it you? Yeah, get in. You guys going back to the parking? Yeah. Okay. Campbell's freaking out. What's going on? The place is burning. Someone put it out. We are not firefighters. We need, we need to get out of here and call the fire department. We'll call the fire department. Let's get this van going to the security hut outside and get to the outside line. I need to get to somewhere with service. We have a phone at the security hut outside the entrance. Er, okay, well, then let's go. We should all stick together. We gotta wait for Yingfei. At this point, Yingfei's been gone for quite a bit. A good 15 minutes or so. Dr. Campbell, why don't you take the cart and see if you can find her? We're gonna we're gonna load up into the van and help everyone else get into a vehicle. We should all stick together. Yingfei! Yingfei! No response. 
We'll be right here, and you can take the cart. Okay, she takes the cart towards the direction of reading fan, and then you hear a scream. No! No! Oh, fuck this. I say we load up whoever we can into the van. We get out of here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The cries stop. We, sh- we should help her. We save who we can, and we get out. Perhaps Takagawa and Dr. Black can provide more useful information once they're conscious to the program. Okay, but what what, what happened to the array? What about that? I feel like everyone that was going in or close to the array ends up dead. So there was no way in hell I was going to risk my own life for that shit. Well, we should... Uh, let's, let's just get out of here then. You arrive at the security hut. It is. Uh, it takes about three minutes from the main area to get to the security hut. It is now 22.03. And as you arrive at the security hut, you look up at the moon and the sky seems to tear open. All of a sudden, it's a deep, deep black in the sky. And just like in your visions, tendrils seem to be coming out. And the sky seems to be getting completely black as it's just blackness is spreading all over the sky. fading from from right in front of you your your own cells are being split into multiple versions of yourself all moving at the same time in different directions and saying different things All of you make me a sanity roll. Oh, barnacles. I got a 97. <laughs> and Mr. Clark? Uh, 19. Okay. Mr. Jameson, roll me a six-sided die. And uh, the, the other two roll me a uh, uh, four-sided die. I got a four. Four. Okay. All right, so all of you lose that much sanity. Uh, I think the only one who's able to minimize the loss is Mr. Jameson by projecting it. Mm-hmm. I, I got a one, but it's my breaking point. Okay. I am going to attempt to project it onto my mother again. She never approved of my lifestyle. What'd you roll? A four. Nice. So drop your bond with your mom by two, reduce your willpower by four, and the sanity loss by four. So you hit breaking point. Uh, but don't worry right now. Uh, basically, you guys look up. The sky is being consumed by this black mass. All of you, as your reality, as yourselves are being split from reality, uh, in your head, you just hear this pulsating sound as well as really high-pitched shrieking and, and like almost musical uh, sounds uh, that just begin to pierce your brain 
uh, you grasp at your head as you're, as it feels like it's going to explode and you're being torn into all directions. Reality around you has now become just a complete mess. Uh, you, you can't discern anything around you whatsoever. All of your eyes start to glow white and as you look ahead, uh, the black mass spreads even further and all you can think of is the king. The king is coming. And then it all fades into nothingness. You open your eyes and you're inside the room where D is, where D, the D um, computer room. And Yingfei is talking to you and Mr. Uh, Dr. Malikoff, at this point, um, you, you're basically still grasping at your head. Going, no, no, no. The rest of you remember everything that just happened. But uh, Dr. Malikoff, you're, you also remember, but you can't grasp it. And you're just kind of like holding your head and just banging your head. You guys are noticing that he is, he's just freaking out. Uh, Yingfei goes, what happened? What's going on? Is there a clock in the room? There is a clock in the room. What does the time say? It is 1846 and 16 seconds. How the fuck did that happen? I'm assuming D is functional at this point? D is functional. The lights are on. It's like exactly how it was at 646 PM. Inspectors, I think we should be making our way to the atrium. I think you're right. Oh, you have any more questions about D or anything? Why are your friend sitting down like this? So at this point, Dr. Malikoff, you're, you're kind of snapping out of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what, what happened? Uh, are you all okay? Yes, we're, we're all right. It seems as though you, uh, your lunch didn't sit well with you. Uh, it d- doesn't feel like a bad lunch. D- did, you see, did you see what I saw? Well, let's, let's continue our inspection at the atrium and leave these fine people to their research. As you guys are, um, are heading up to the atrium, the door into the room opens and Dr. Takagawa stumbles in. Oh, oh I'm not feeling so good. Oh. Why don't you, why don't you sit down, Mr. Takagawa, and maybe, maybe you'll feel better after you have some water and a few minutes to relax. Uh, okay, I'll try to, I'll try to sit and maybe it'll go away. So just outside is Evan Kozak. Who are you guys going to inspect the atrium now? Yes, we. That was our plan. Would you be willing to guide us through the facility? Absolutely. I have so much I can tell you about this. This uh, facility. It is far beyond anything that you can possibly imagine. Well, that sounds. That sounds fascinating. Once we once we arrive inside, why don't you? Why don't you kind of give us the lowdown and tell us how the machine operates, or the array operates? Oh yeah, it's this is far beyond ahead of its time. This is centuries ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. The the lasers um, gather the data from outside of our universe, and the mirrors that are aligned at the other side of the atrium then uh, distribute the the signals that are received and send them through into D, which 
the computer D analyzes all the data and puts it into uh, into terms where the physicist can actually uh, read the data and decipher exactly the data that's being collected by the lasers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's quite an amazing feat. The fact that they were able to build such technology in this day and age, it, it is mind-blowing to me. How often do you... How often do you calibrate the array? We only calibrate it when it needs to be calibrated. Dr. Takagawa is the one who is mostly in charge of it because he's the chief engineer. I'm his assistant, but I, I'm pretty good at the, doing this stuff myself. He hasn't been feeling well today. Yeah, we we ran into him and he seemed to seemed to have a bit of an upset stomach or something along those lines. Oh, is he awake? Yeah, well, he looked a bit out of it. But I wouldn't say he was he was doing well. Probably too much excitement from, you know, the array going live for the first time today. It's quite quite an accomplishment. So you guys go into the array. He explains to you like he did before. Uh, you need a clean room to get into where the lasers are or the mirrors are. Um, but uh, certain areas are restricted and he kind of goes a little bit deeper into how it works just like before. Thank you uh, Kovac. Um, we're, we're just going to discuss the next part oh. of the investigation alone. Oh, oh of course of course. Let me know if you have any questions. And he steps outside. What the heck happened? Did, did you all see what I saw? Yeah one moment it was almost 11 o'clock and now it's Order seven. I don't. I don't understand. But we need to. We need to deal with this array. Yeah. Well, I. I torched the place, but now it's here again. So I. I don't understand what's happening. Perhaps it's not the building, the research building, but the array that we need to tamper with. Yeah, I think so. Perhaps there's a way that we can throw it out of alignment or something, so that. It, whatever the hell that we saw. Does it doesn't happen again? I don't know how we how we ended up back here. I have, I have so many questions. Doctor Klinger seemed to have some idea what was going on before she dematerialized or whatever happened. She was talking about this all being a dream that we're not in reality. Uh, she seemed to think everything was going to end that we're being watched or observed. I, I don't know what she thought was happening, but it seemed pretty final. You mean the yeah. blackness? Does it have something to do with the pulses? Previously, we, when we were in the research lab, I took notes of the times when uh, these pulses happen, or these projections. So. Uh, do you, either of you have the time? Joy. It is now about 7.15. So, um, I took down the times for the future projection. So, the next one is uh, at 7.52. I think that was a shorter one. So, it, I, I, I'm not sure if, it, if that was a powerful one. Because some of the power, more powerful ones caused at least... Uh, myself to feel sick so we need to I think we need to try to stop the 
future projections from happening somehow. Well, surely the array must operate on some sort of computer system, if that's the case. Malakoff, you're, you're a physics guy, right? Yeah, uh, optics specifically. What do you, what do you suggest? My assumption is that we just tamper with the tamper with the laser itself, perhaps dirty it up. Yeah, um, it can't hurt either the lasers or the mirror. Um, anything that disrupts the um, the path will be enough. I think Clark is on a good idea that that the array is what triggers the the surges. So we should decommission it. Um, Kovac, you mentioned there was areas we're not allowed immediate access to. Yeah, you. There are certain areas of the array where you're uh, no one's allowed inside. If you want to look at the mirrors or anything else, you need to attach a clean room, which takes about an hour to, to set up. Once we set it up, then you can go inside. Got to make sure that you're wearing a protective gear to prevent any outside particles from damaging or contaminating the lasers and the uh, mirrors. Where is this gear of which you speak? Uh, the clean rooms are in the main building. There's a specific area where we store about uh, three or four of them. That way, in case anyone needs to go inside uh, more than one location, then uh, we can go ahead and put those clean rooms out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That sounds like a wonderful idea, Kovac. Yeah, Evan, could you could you grab those uniforms for us and come back yeah, here? I'll probably need help getting the clean room set up. Maybe one of you can help me do it. Uh, I'll can accompany you to the main building. Excellent. Well, yeah, we'll just need to bring the equipment out. To, we'll need to... Uh, assemble the clean rooms and put them all together it's going to take about an hour taking it outside is going to take a good uh, maybe 20 minutes or 20 to 30 minutes so what are you thinking an hour and a half to get it all done and set up yeah probably just about that amount of time okay well inspector malikoff and i will continue inspecting the atrium while you and inspector clark make preparations for the clean room that's perfect okay come this way it's going to be right over here so he takes you into this back entrance and you notice there's a couple of clean rooms uh, they're you know they're broken down you'll need to like set them up kind of like tents uh, and then uh, put all the equipment up and all that stuff so he's gathering all the stuff alongside with you and while you guys are doing that what are Malakoff and Jameson doing? Uh, I'm going to text Clark and tell him that once once we have all the gear to knock out Kozak. Another pass for me. Okay. And what are you guys doing while they're gathering all the equipment? I'll um, I'll check in with Agent Carper, Carpenter. Maybe uh, she might have noticed something too. Sure. Why don't you Why don't you do that, and I'll continue walking around the array and see if there's another possible solution to to decommissioning it. How's it going over there? Uh, well, uh, I think we just experienced an alternate future. An alternate future? What are you, what are you talking, talking about, Dr. Malakoff? We're... Uh, I'm not sure how to explain this. We're, one minute we're <laughs> driving away from the array and uh, around 10 p.m. and then suddenly we're back at 7 p.m. as if nothing happened. Yet we all remember what happened. <sighs> Let me tell you something I didn't tell you before. The reason I sent you guys in there 
and why we're all involved. We got a notice, an emergency notice from you, saying you had been to the atrium and it needed to be stopped. We've never sent you to this location before. Have you been there before? Not since getting your call to go, but we've been experiencing this before prior to to coming back to, to now. We've had this conversation before too. I've never told you this before. Uh, you, you did, actually. You, you told us we left you a message in a, in a green box. It's in a green box? What? How do you know this? Uh, I think we need to make sure that message never gets to us, to warn us not to come here. To, to warn, warn us? us. You know, if we never come here, this never happens. This is, this is, uh, this is bad. We need to, we need to end this. However, we need to end this. I'll send the message, but see what else you can do. There's, there's something else. There's this computer D. Seems to know what's happening. It was from the Air Force or space program. Do you know anything? No. It came from the moon? I, d- I don't know. It, it seems to... It doesn't seem to have a server. It's like nothing I've seen. I think the experiment's linked to it. Well, you guys are are in it, so I'm sure you know better than I do what needs to be done. I'll send a message. Okay, so it is um, 1952, and you... Uh, all of you experience a pulse like you did before. All of you make me, to this time, uh, again, a willpower times five roll. Is this, is this against my new willpower? Uh, yes. No, 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 no. Your willpower times five, sorry. Not your new willpower, but your actual WP times five score. Whew. I barely passed. Fail. 72, so I fail. All right. I'm going to do my... I'm going to roll for you guys. <laughs> you guys lose four willpower and four sanity. The two who failed. Oh. Did you guys reach your breaking point, either one of you? Okay, so I'm one away from my breaking point. <laughs> Um, I think Brad Clark is <laughs> screwed. Uh, yeah, I'm screwed. Uh, so you guys uh, experience another pulse, and uh, and you're you're kind of grounded for a second, but you're you're able to recover, and uh, you guys continue doing what you were doing. Is it possible to use either of my craft skills, whether it be microelectronics or? Like heavy machinery or something like that to see if there's a see if there's a way to sabotage the the array. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's your what's your skill at? Uh, my craft microelectronics is a sixty. Uh. So yeah, you can absolutely. I mean, just from what Kozak was telling you, it's pretty clear that the array is very sensitive to outside particles. So, um, just opening the door to where the mirrors are, as well as uh, uh other areas, uh, not so much the atrium, but the actual laser and the the mirrors, uh, just allowing dirt and other particles to get in there would absolutely disrupt the 
the array from functioning properly. But that's only temporary, though, right? And they'd have to, it, it would decommission it for, yeah, until they get it all cleaned out and, and sanitized. I'm looking for a more permanent solution. Yeah, uh, you can destroy the mirrors. Uh, okay. Uh, can I roll luck to see if there's anything inside that would be like a heavy enough bludgeoning object? Um, yeah, uh, you don't need to roll luck because there's plenty of things inside the atrium area that you can, you know, take with you and use to smash it. To smash the mirrors if you want. Okay. Mr. Clark, you're in the workshop with Kozak, and you both experience this this thing, and now you're he, he just stands back up like nothing happened, and he continues working on the on getting the clean room set up. And as you guys are um, are doing that, you the door opens and you see a woman. You recognize her now as uh, Dr. Klinger. She walks in and she says, "Huh." And then she, like, closes the door and walks back out. Well, that was strange. Uh, so did she look directly at me? Uh, she looked at uh, Evan Kozak. Oh, okay. But did uh, she notice me at all? She noticed you, but she just paid more attention to Kozak. And she walked out uh, back to the corridor? Back to the corridor, yeah. Okay, so uh, I'll walk to the door and open it and watch where she's going. Uh, she goes through the hallway into the researcher's office where Dr. Black is. I'll tell Evan that I'll be right back. Okay, I'll be here and I'll continue working. Yeah, I'll, I'll just take a few minutes and I'll walk back uh, to the researcher's office and knock on the door. So, yeah, uh, Dr. Black opens the door and says, Yes, do you have more questions for us? Dr. Klinger looks at you, and then she kind of just looks back at Dr. Black. Have you, either of you, experienced uh, any nausea, like in the past uh, 10 minutes? Dr. Black says, no. Uh, and then you look at uh, Dr. Klinger, and when you look at her, you actually realize now her eyes are white, like she's blind. But she's looking right at you, and she says, no. Dr. Klinger? Klinger, is it? Yes, I'm Dr. Klinger. You must be one of the inspectors. Yeah, I'm uh, Brad Clark. Uh, would you mind telling what was, what, why did you activate it right back at the workshop? Why I, why I looked at Evan. Yeah, uh, did you experience uh, some sort of uh, deja vu or something like that that you have seen that happen before? Yes, I thought he was dead. Okay, and what made you think he was dead before? Well, it was from another reality where I've been. It's... It's unlike anything you've ever seen. And uh, Dr. Black seems really, really, like, interested. And, um, and she continues... Reality itself, it's it's not reality, it's, it's just there to be consumed by it, the king. It's the only thing that's real, you see. Dr. Black looks at her and says, I've, I've had memories of this. The, the king, his, he sits in his throne. So you think that we are imaginary? We're not imaginary. We're just something else. It hungers, it feeds off our reality, what we think of reality. The only real reality is it. No, 
It's beyond reality. It is its own. Okay, you you are not uh, making much sense. So you saw Evan dead earlier. Was it here or in another place? I'd rather not talk about it. Well, it's quite important because if you're experiencing hallucinations or like uh, feelings of deja vu, it might uh, mean that uh, your mental health is at stake because uh, we are here now. Uh, Evan is alive, but if you feel like he was dead before but now alive then you might be losing your mind or something you think you're here now don't you understand we've experienced communion with it do you not hear the music i hear the music i see the throne of god i we are going to be in its presence soon no i'm still in its presence i'm looking at it horrifying and beautiful uh, at this point Dr. Black just seems just grabs his hand no 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 he runs outside and just starts throwing up right outside the door I look at my cell phone and see what's the time uh, it's a let's say it's about 8 10 okay did you enter the array in any point no don't you understand we're all of us we're experiencing communion, our consciousness. It is our consciousness that is linked. Now that we see it, it sees us. It's coming. It's going to feed off of us. We'll be in communion with it soon. The first were imperfect. Soon it will be a perfect communion. So does any of this have anything to do with the array? The array is what awakened it to notice us so it's like a beacon for this being that draws it towards us it, it's already noticed us now it's connected to all of our consciousness um at this point roll me a sanity roll Fuck. uh yeah i'll fail <laughs> oh boy okay uh let's, let's see if this thing uh, is nice to you dude i keep rolling fours <laughs> Take four sanity damage. Oh, great! I I dropped below my breaking point. You tell you start uh, screaming. Shut up! Shut up! It's not true! Shut up! And then you just start. You go up to her and you just start beating on her. All right, it's combat time. What's your dexterity? Uh, it's eleven. Okay, so you get to go first. So you're gonna just attack her. Okay, so unarmed. Okay, so. Uh, 57, so I pass. Uh, so she fails her try and avoid, and you, you punch her. Uh, so roll 1d4 plus your strength modifier. Okay. So I roll a 2. Alright, so you, you punch her across the face, and you're just blindly just attacking her. She, uh, she's trying to get away. So she's, you, you punch her, she gets up, and she's trying to move. She's about, uh, 9 feet from you now, and... Dr. Black is now coming in saying, Hey, what's going on? Uh, he jumps in and he's going to try and, and stop you. You get to go first again. So you're going to continue attacking her. Uh, I roll a hundred. Oh. <laughs> you completely miss as uh, Dr. Black is able to kind of hold you down and pin you against the, the desk. Hey, man. What's going on here? And Dr. Klinger goes, no, no. And she's 
goes running into towards the workshop. Let's go to Agent Jameson and Dr. Malikoff. You guys are at the atrium, and no one's come out yet with the stuff. How long has it been at this point? Um, well, right now it's still it's like back to when uh, maybe about ten minutes since they went inside. Are you guys just gonna wait out until until they come? I think I think we're just gonna wreck the array. Uh, did Did you have a plan, Jameson? Uh, my my plan was to find something to smash the mirrors. Yeah, which you found something, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll help with that. Is there is there a door we need to jimmy open? No, no, it's all it's all open. So we're uh, we're just ignoring the clean room requirement and and opening the door. Now is that what you guys are doing? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So you open the room and uh, there's the large mirrors. Yeah, the room seemed pretty pretty sterilized from any kind of dust or anything like that until you open the door. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll just uh, I'll take whatever bludgeoning object I I have and just smash all the mirrors. Get to smashing. All right, so you guys start smashing mirrors. So you guys you guys are going for a bit, um, and Kozak comes running in. Hey, what are you doing? Kozak, I'm sure you'll understand we're saving your life here. You? Oh, no. No. Oh, my God, all this work, all this research. Why are you doing this? Kozak, I told you we're saving your life, and everyone else is here. Someone, what are you talking about? You probably don't realize, but you've experienced this before. What? You're not making any sense. I'm going to go get Dr. Takagawa. And he starts running back inside. Meanwhile, uh, Dr. Black is holding you down, Mr. Clark. Dr. Black says, are you going to calm down? Yeah, I'm, I'm calm. I'm calm. What the hell happened in here? Yeah, for a moment, I, I lost lost my posture. Uh, I don't know what happened. I'm, I've been feeling a bit ill. And something triggered some kind of blackout, and I just... Uh, I'm going to talk to your supervisor about this. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll give you the context, but I, I think uh, we really need to check on Evan. Why do we need to check on Evan? Uh, I think uh, Evan might be in uh, danger. What are you talking about? He's not in danger. I think we're all in uh, in big danger at the moment. Klinger says, we're... We are all in danger, but it doesn't matter. I was trying to help. Do you understand? Uh, I think you need to shut up. She kind of like steps back, slowly like walks out of the of the office. Dr. Black says, I don't know what's your problem, buddy, but I don't think you should be in here anymore. Yeah, I'll, I don't know if it's a bug or some kind of illness, but I, I need to go rest and I'll walk out of the room and start heading to the van. Alright, it is uh, about 8.57 at this point. Uh, You notice as you're walking out, you notice um, Evan running through the hallways. Dr. Takagawa! Dr. Takagawa! They're destroying the lasers! And he runs into the kitchen area, which is near the entrance when you're heading near the entrance. Uh, I'll I'll stop Evan. Uh, Like, Evan, stop! What, what are you saying? Your friends, they're destroying the lasers. Yeah, I'll knock him out. A wise decision. Uh, so roll unarmed combat minus 20%. Uh, minus 20, so 40, so I roll 15, so I hit. Boom. Knock him out. 
Uh, he goes straight to the ground. Uh, is there a like a bathroom or closet nearby? Doc, you're right near the kitchen where Doctor Takagawa was was at, and then the bathroom's right nearby there. Okay, so I'll I'll drag Evan in, inside the bathroom and close the door and start making my way to the uh, our van. Okay, uh, eight fifty-seven. Another pulse. I need all of you to make me a willpower roll. <laughs> willpower times five. You can succeed this one, JP. At least willpower times five. Yeah, twenty-five. I got a thirty. Uh, I pass. Got a 26. So all of you feel the pulse, um, and it, it shakes you for a second, but you're able to continue. Uh, so Brad Clark, you go to the van. You guys finish destroying the mirrors. Uh, now what are you doing? So when I'm at the van, I'll uh, look for uh, some equipment like uh, flashlights and uh, if there's a fire axe or, or something. Um, you have you have flashlights in, in the van. Uh, there's no fire axe or anything like that. Okay, I'll grab all, all the flashlights if there's like three for me and for the other inspectors. And uh, I also try to find a weapon. Okay, there are none, but you know the guard, the guard house or the guard station has a shotgun and the guard herself has a gun, a handgun. Uh, and it, when you're looking over there, the guard, you notice her like getting up like frantically and running inside running inside the uh, the uh, main building. So when when she leaves the guardhouse, I'll run in and uh, use one of the flashlights to, if, if the shotguns are in a locked weapon cabinet, I'll try to break the lock open and get, get a shotgun. Okay. Well, you've got yourself a shotgun. Now, what are you guys doing? I'm going to try and sabotage as much of the equipment as possible so that it, you know, the array doesn't come online sooner rather than later. I'm going to go to try to get to D and sabotage him or that as well. Uh, well, the issue with that, Christian, is that there. I don't think that D is at the facility itself. There was no. There was no server room. There was no. There was no computer tower. There was no processing unit. There was there was nothing. I, th I think it's still worth a try. And perhaps um, it communicates by by some other means. True, true. Uh, we could try. My only concern is that we'll have to uh, deal with Ying Fei. I'm sure a man of your skills could persuade her. I fear that we'll have to resort to more forceful means. I'm uh, game if you are. Let's see what we can do. Uh, so you go through the computer room entrance and um, you hear commotion. You hear two gunshots and Yingfei is in the room and she's like, oh my god, what's going on? And she like ducks under the table. D, what is your primary directive? To analyze the data created by the lasers from the Holby Moran. Would you like to see the data? Print the data, yes. I'm sorry, there seems to be a malfunction. The array is not processing any data. What, what are the current projections, D? I can print prior projections for you. There are no current projections due to the malfunction of the array. Would you like to see those prior projections? No, that won't be necessary. D, where, where is your server located? The server is 
the processing unit, which is right here in the lab. D, how big are you? Can can you be moved? Are you portable? I am rather small, but I am to be placed in the processing room and stay there to analyze the data transmitted by the lasers. I'm not meant to be portable. I'm gonna have a look around and see if there's any other connections leaving D and see how easy it is to move it. Uh, there are some connections that are going to the ground. Uh, there don't seem to be too many. They're mostly probably just connections into the array that provide the data that D then gets to analyze. I think uh, Agent Jameson kind of looked at that a little bit closer. There's a casing uh, for the processing unit. It's rather small. It's like a home PC size. I'm going to um, sort of check all that and, and try and remove the uh, unit. Uh, my, my phone's ringing. Yes? Hey, it's Clark. Where are you guys now? We're in the lab. Okay, I'll be right there. Clark, you, you start running into the main entrance. The guard still has not come out. Uh, when you come in, you see uh, down the hallway is Dr. Takagawa with his neck completely turned back to the back of his head. Okay, so somebody broke his neck. Yep, he's in the middle of the hallway. Okay, so I'll just run past. Okay, so you run past, you go through the offices and... Uh, the door to Dr. Campbell's office is propped open by a body. There's blood everywhere. And the security guard and Dr. Campbell are both dead. Necks broken. There's blood everywhere, but neither of them seem to have any kind of wound that would uh, that would create that much blood. Uh, I need you to make me a sandwich. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I fail again. 64. It's roll 1d4. But you, your breaking point was one point away, so either way, you hit your breaking point. Yeah, so two. So uh, I'm at 25, and my new is 26. Okay, um, you immediately just are completely scared and taken aback, and you run through into the computer run into the computer room. You guys see uh, Agent Clark run into the computer room, and before you can even speak, he continues to run out the back <laughs> exit. Can I uh, yell, they're all dead? When you say that, Ying Fei says, what? No, no. And then she's she takes running after Brad Clark outside the back. Can we attempt to intercept her? Yeah. You're going to try and grab her? At least try to trip her. Okay. Uh, roll on our combat. I rolled a 37 on unarmed combat. What's your score at? 40. Oh, okay. Yep. So you trip her. She falls falls to the ground. Uh, roll luck roll. Ah, uh, no. I rolled a 94. Okay. Alright, so she's she's not knocked unconscious. He's just, oh, ow! They're dead! He's saying they're all dead! And she's, like, trying to run. You've got a hold of her leg, though. While this is all going on, I'll ask D. What's the status of Dr. Klinger? Dr. Klinger? She's not in the room. Do you know the whereabouts of Dr. Klinger, D? No. I do not have connection to the security feed. Dr. Klinger... Is Dr. Klinger involved in this project? Dr. Klinger, along with the other team of physicists, analyzed the data that I provide for them. I think at this point I'd just let her... let her run off. Okay, so she goes running outside. Brad Clark, uh, you run until you get to right outside the array. 
and you see it smashed and that kind of calms you down a little bit you see Ying Fei Fan running kind of to where you are and she goes help help who's dead and then she notices the shotgun in your hand oh what's going on everybody I saw inside had their next snapped so good thing you're okay but I think you should head to the main gate and try to find a security guard there I don't want to be alone yeah I'll, I'll accompany you to the main building but I, I need to find my uh, fellow investigators I inspectors all right so while, while they're gone Christian I think it's time that we take D with us yeah I agree okay as you unplug everything and you take you see that the tower is very very crudely built you unplug the stuff uh, D's still running I'm not meant to be taken away. It's okay, D. You're, you're coming with us. So you're, you're taking the tower with you? Uh, are you leaving the room? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Mr. Clark, you, you see them kind of leaving as you're walking back inside. You see them leaving down out the other door towards the hallway. Uh, guys, don't go through there. There, It's not safe in there. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give uh, the flashlights uh, out, so... We don't have to walk in the dark. Okay. Um, You guys uh, get to the van and you see security cart pull up. It is, you know, dark. It's getting dark. It's actually dark now. Um, (laughs) But the lights are on outside. The the power hasn't gone out or anything. Uh, But you see a little security cart kind of pull up. You see it. You see its headlights. There's a silhouette walking towards you and waving. Hey! You're still holding that shotgun, right, Clark? Yep. Yeah, I'll uh, lower the shotgun and I try to... (laughs) hide it behind my side. Be careful. Someone's out there. There's danger inside. Stay together. We were just going to get in the van. Uh, go to a safe spot. Um, something bad's happened inside. I saw it on the security feed. What did you see exactly? Someone. Someone was hurting everybody. I'm going to go check it out. You stay safe. He starts turning around and uh, what is Pulse has gone out and is walking into the main building. So as you guys get into the van, uh, so Dr. Klinger is uh, grabbing Ying Fei's head and smashes it against the van. Uh, basically, blood everywhere. It's King Fei's dead in one hit. Uh, if you guys uh, will make me a sanity check, please. Unless you're adapted to violence. Oh, joy. Um, 19. Nope. 92. Uh, 20, so I pass. 23, I pass. All right, those of you who pass, you're fine, and mark a tick off of violence. Uh, you lose two sanity, Dr. Malikov. As you see, Yingfei is dead. Uh, Klinger now goes running. Takes off running. So, Malikov, you get to act. Uh, so, so who's who's left? It's It was Klinger, Yingfei, and... That's it. And you guys. The security guard is in the in the building. Malikov, you get to act. So, what's, what's Klinger doing? She's trying to run. Is, is it possible for, me, possible for me to catch up to her and stop her? Uh, you can try after her and... 
you know, tackle her. Okay, I'll uh, I'll try and run and try to grab her. Okay. Uh, so roll your roll your unarmed combat. There we go. Uh, twenty-two. Okay. Uh, so you tackle her to the ground. So she's like, "No, no, we must sever the consciousness." And then she immediately sees you and says, "You, you guys were here too. You're connected." Now we're at the top of the round, Jameson. You finally get to act. You hear this happening, and you can uh, you can act now. Yeah, I guess what I would do is, uh, you know, if Klinger attempts to run, I would just drive the van forward and try to cut her off. Uh, Mr. Clark, you're up next. Uh, I'll try to help keep the doctor down, just unarmed. Okay, so you're gonna just pin her. Yep. Yep. So. Uh, so you just run unarmed at a plus 20%. Okay, so 80. So I'll roll it uh, 14, so pass easily. Okay, so you guys have her pinned down. She's like, she's super strong. Like, it takes both your arms just to keep one of her arms down. You don't understand. Communion. There will be communion. Unless we sever the consciousness we've connected to him. It knows us. It knows us here. It's going to feed off of us. We must sever the consciousness, our connection to it. Let's get her in the van. Brad, can you help me get her in? Yeah, uh, let's try to do that. You continue driving, but you notice that she begins to phase out of where she's at. All of you make me a sanity roll. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going... Uh, 73, so I failed. I okay. failed by one. No, oh, I failed too. I got an 83. Uh, well, you don't lose too much. You all lose one sanity. But unfortunately for Brad Clark, that is <laughs> a threshold. Uh, I hit, I hit my breaking point as well. Um, oh, you, you both hit your breaking point. So she disappears. Um, Mr. Jameson, you see her all of a sudden appear just about 30 feet in front or 20 feet sorry in front of where the van is and uh, she's running inside the building in that case i guess i would just pop my head out the window and say sever what connection brad clark and malakoff are just sitting there going we're all gonna die we're all gonna die we're all gonna die and you you're both doing it uh completely helpless uh so jameson you're you're yelling at her she's ignoring she's running right into the building maybe a couple seconds later you hear gunshots Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, this woman is off the deep end. And my fellow agents are useless to me at this point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take this shotgun, put it like in between my lap. I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> I'm going to drive around to the other side of uh, the main office where the generator is. And I'm going to shoot the generator with the shotgun. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the generator explodes, uh, and now there's a fire starting on the side of the building. Okay. Uh, then I drive us the fuck out of here. Okay. Uh, so fire, it's burning away. You drive off into the flames. You drive for about an hour, and it is uh, 22.03 or 37 seconds, and another pulse. This time... The, the sky tears open again and the black mass begins to 
uh, consume as your reality starts separating from itself. Uh, this time you find yourselves witness to a, what in your mind feels like a throne, although it's something you can't really consciously... It doesn't look like a throne, it just in your mind you sense that it is a throne of pure blackness. You blink and now you are in the van uh, with Dr. Uh, Klinger uh, as you're clutching at your head. So all of you make me a willpower times five roll. Uh, here we go. Fail. Yeah. Fail. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, I fail okay. as well. Oh, all of you lose six energy. So you're all... All of you are going to get a disorder. Can I project? You can. So you can. You can project the sanity loss if you have enough willpower left. Yeah. I have nine willpower currently. Okay, so you can spend one d four. Can I? I'll protect my mom. Yeah. So will Mr. Clark. I rolled a one. So it's still not enough, unfortunately. Uh, so reduce one from whoever you're projecting to. Who is it? My mother, Diane. Yeah, my mother. <laughs> It's a one point from your mother, and then uh, you can dedu- uh, deduct the one from your sanity loss, so you still lose five sanity, which is still more than five in one go, which means you all gain a disorder. So um, you're, uh, if you survive, let's see what you're going to get. Mr. Clark? Why Mr. Clark? <laughs> Why is it an yeah. if and not when? Um, you're gonna, Mr. Clark's going to have a, a um, totemic compulsion, so you will always have a shotgun with you. Uh, and if you ever get an acute episode, you're going to reach for your shotgun. Uh, Mr. Jameson, you'll get you'll get amnesia at random times. Oh, good. And, mm-hmm. and um, Mr. Malakoff will give you a sleep disorder. So you are, uh, again, just as you were just a little bit ago, clutching at your head saying, we're all going to die, we're all going to die. Klinger is in the van. And Mr. Jameson, she's telling you, the consciousness, we must sever our conscious connection to it before it's too late. I'm trying to do it. And she goes to, towards your, you know, between your legs to grab the shotgun. Um, that... Sounds painful if that's the case. Uh, guess I'd try to smack her arm out of the way. Okay. Uh, you easily smack her arm out of the way because it's, it's really hard for her to reach it anyways. Uh, she opens the van door and she's going to try to jump out. Like push the lock button and try to lock all the doors. Yeah. Okay. So she's like struggling to get it open. Open the door. Yeah. And as she's like trying to open it, I just keep mashing the lock button. There's one awake in there. It's the security guard. Are you saying that you need to eliminate all we of the... We must sever the conscious connection to it.
So you jump back in time to 857 right before she disappeared and reappeared, you know, like 20 feet away and ran into the building and then you heard gunshots right before that point. But she hasn't disappeared yet. She's in the van trying to get out. And she she's saying that there's one more connection that needs to be severed. Well, she's also said that you guys are a connection too. I'm in the van driving. So am I at like at the security hut? Like at the at the foot of the base or uh yeah, well yeah, you were about to drive off. Okay, so we're still in the parking lot. Okay, well I guess I'll take the shotgun and follow her inside. You're gonna go with her inside? Okay. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Clark and Dr. Malakoff, you finally come to, you shake it all off. And uh, it's crazy because you've experienced this several times now, the same day and time. This is the fourth time that you remember that it's been 8.57 on this day. And, yeah, so what are you doing? I'm going to go through the supplies and and take all the sedatives I can find. Yeah, same here. (laughs) So you guys are just taking pills? Yep. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You guys just chew on those pills and you're out cold after just a couple minutes. Uh, Mr. Jameson, you and uh, Dr. Klinger run inside. There's a security guard there, and he's like, Oh my God, they're all dead. And you see Klinger running right at him. He tries to fire his gun, and she stops his gun as it fires twice into the the ceiling. Uh, Then she immediately goes behind him and breaks his neck. Holy shit. And then she stops and uh, picks up the gun and then turns around and looks at you and says, It's our turn. She points the gun at you. I take the shotgun and, and I threaten to shoot her. You threaten to? She's literally about to shoot you. Like she is not hesitating at all. Is there anything that I could use to take cover? Uh, you can jump behind. You're right by the entrance. You can jump behind the wall into the kitchen. That's what I would do. Yeah. So I'd like go go behind the wall and then like have the shotgun. Like. Okay. She fires twice uh, into the wall, but you're behind and you hear her running around the corner. Uh, she's she's coming around the corner. It is. You're turning on. Okay. Um, at this point, I would probably attempt to to trip her. You're just pulling your leg out. Essentially, yeah. Go ahead and make your unarmed uh, attack with a 20% bonus. Ah, uh, bullshite. I got a 95. Okay, so she's, she sees it. She jumps right over it. Uh, she shoots and misses you with the handgun. You know this type of gun. She's got uh, a few bullets left. You're up. Um, okay. Uh, I book it. You're going to run out? <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm out of here. She's coming after you. Uh, and as you're running, she's running behind you. She's trying to shoot, but it's really difficult. Let me roll and see what I get. Um, that's a miss. So she's trying to fire the gun at you. Misses. You're, you're like clearly trying to get out of the way. The van's parked right there. Yeah, I, I just get back in the van. Okay, key's already in the ignition and it's running. And I'd... You notice the other two guys are knocked out in the back of the van. That's fine. Alright, she's shooting. She's gonna try and shoot the tires. Called shot. You better hope I miss. If I roll below a 20, she's gonna shoot your tires out. Okay, she missed. Oof. Oof. <laughs> And then she's just standing there. Uh, as you look in the rearview mirror, she just she's like shaking her head, and she takes the gun and just blows her brains out. Holy shit! Uh, are you adapted to violence? Nope. All right, roll me a sanity roll. 
Uh, I failed. <laughs> Are you near your breaking point? I am five points away from my breaking point. Okay. Well, you lose four standing. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so you're one point away. Okay. Uh, can I still project? Yeah. Okay. Totally. Uh, all right. 1d4. God damn it. I got a one again. So take one willpower, lose one point from your mom, your bond with your mom, which is at this point probably pretty bad. It's out of five, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have a pretty uh, strained relationship with your mom. And then... Uh, you deduct it by one, so you only lose three points of standing. Okay, uh, 45. Okay, you're driving, you drive past the guard gate. Uh, as far as you know, everybody's dead. Uh, Brad Clark, you're unconscious, but you know that Kozak was just not unconscious. You, you took mercy on him and just threw him in the bathroom unconscious. Uh, but you and Malakoff are unconscious. And Mr. Jameson, it is uh, 9.30. PM, what are you doing? I'm still driving. You're going to continue driving? Uh, yeah. It is almost 10. Are the other agents still incapacitated? They're unconscious. You see pills all around them. We have D in the back, right? Yep. I, I guess I'll just keep driving. Okay. Uh, you keep driving. It is 10.03 with 37 seconds. As the sky tears open, again, a black mass expands out over the sky and, uh, you start to shift along with reality. So as I as I see all this, I take the shotgun and I do this and pull the trigger. Okay. Uh, so, couple things. You'll need to make a sanity roll first. Okay. I got a twenty-one. Okay. Okay. So. You're able to gather your wits about um, the suicide that you're about to commit, and I guess you pull the trigger. As the tear in reality was occurring, you severed the connection with with the uh, entity. And when you guys wake up, you're in the middle of the van. You, uh, Mr. Clark and Dr. Malakoff, you wake up, and it is past ten o three. So you must have you must have done it. Uh, unfortunately, your friend, Mr. Jameson is in critical condition. He's unconscious. He is, his eye has been completely blown out. There's blood everywhere. Pieces of his brain are spattered on the, on the ceiling of the van, but, uh, but he's breathing. He's breathing. Uh, he apparently took a more violent route to knock himself unconscious. <laughs> I tried to throw into you about consciousness. Death was not the only way. Well, to be fair, you were shooting everyone else. 
<laughs> well, because she didn't know, but at least these guys. But I it wouldn't out. have they known were... either, though. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you were playing it well. So, um, <laughs> you guys, by literally the skin of your teeth, have stopped the incursion. Everybody's dead except Kozak, who is unconscious in the in the bathroom of the array. But um, you take D to uh, to Delta Green, and uh, when you open the casing. You notice that D is not a computer at all. It's just like a black obelisk with blackish goo coming out of it. It's very strange and alien-like. But it has the processing power of, you know, above any supercomputer, multiple supercomputers, it can now compute anything. Uh, So this is some strange alien technology and Delta Green is definitely gonna find some good use out of this. You managed to save humanity and you manage to save your current reality and uh, at a very high cost, clearly, because you guys are uh, extremely, extremely uh, mentally, yeah. So basically, you saved humanity. So uh, I'm sure you figured it out. Uh, the lasers from the array somehow were able to find a connection to Azathoth. And Azathoth, by us viewing it, it it caught its attention and um, the, the many realities that were, that were happening as Azathoth would eventually uh, awaken and consume that reality and that's what was happening and, it, and you would make communion with him since you already had this mental connection by being in the array while all this happened and as it was getting closer that's why the timelines were getting closer to 10 o'clock as it was getting closer, your communion with, with Azathoth was getting more and more perfect. And then if he hadn't shotgunned himself right at that minute, literally you were one minute away from losing the whole thing. If he hadn't shotgunned himself, then it would have been perfect communion with Azathoth and for the rest of uh, millions and millions of realities, you would be constantly going insane into the presence of the Black Throne of Azathoth. 